Hey, 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 what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Loose Balls podcast. We are back for episode number five. I'm Cole. With me, as always, is Peyton. And Peyton, give us a rundown of what's going down for today's episode. I mean, it's a pretty easy week. Gonna recap the NBA draft. I'm gonna talk about some of these ridiculous trades that have been going on and maybe some speculation on what we think is gonna happen. And at the end of all of that, we'll probably try to get a little football in. We'll see how much time we have. Depends how much time we spend rambling about basketball. <laughs> I told you, man, there's gonna be a shit ton of trades going down and yeah. this offseason so far is not disappointed. But yes, let's start with the NBA draft, we'll go over our mock draft and compare to who was picked, to who mm-hmm. we had picked. And I guess we'll start with the number one pick to Minnesota. Ended up being Anthony Edwards, who we knew was probably the best player in the draft. Yeah. And like like we mentioned before, Lamella Ball was not going to fit in that system and... Obviously, Minnesota wasn't able to get a good enough deal to trade that number one pick as it was being speculated all for yeah. basically since they had the pick. Apparently, they were trying to trade it right up to the very end and they couldn't find anything. Yeah, But they take Anthony Edwards, very good pick, obviously, best player in the draft. Yeah. They just need to pray that he actually enjoys basketball. Exactly, exactly. And then no surprise at number two, James Wiseman goes yeah. to Golden State and I think we got to mention your devastating for the Warriors yeah, Clay with Thompson. Tours Achilles in a pickup basketball His game. Other leg. Like, uh, like uh, that is for Clay Thompson, I guess, yeah. is all I can really say. I feel horrible for him. It's going to be two years in a row that he's going to be sitting on the bench. So Hopefully, he comes back the player that he was. Yeah, ACL after- and Achilles is tough. It, he's a shooter, though. That's the thing. He doesn't yeah. need to be a out in transition kind of guy so hopefully he can still be that same shooter absolutely but yeah james wiseman goes to the warriors no surprise there number three they're still trying to trade james wiseman potentially even though they picked him they still don't know if they necessarily want to keep him so we'll have to keep an eye out on that for sure and then no surprise at number three lamella ball was still there hornets jumped on it right away great pick yeah. fits what they need right away. Maybe LeVar Ball can get his 1v1 with Michael Jordan now and prove to everyone he's the best basketball player alive. I'll take Michael Jordan 21 to nothing. Yeah, me too. But I still want to see it. Sell it on pay-per-view. I'll empty my bank account. I'll spend 20 bucks on that. I'll spend 20 bucks on that. And then number four for the Bulls. Very... What the damn hell. Very what the damn hell indeed. Patrick Williams... We talked about it last episode. He was a guy who was projected by some to go top five and then others to be late lottery. And clearly the Bulls have had his eye on, had an eye on him for a long time. And The highest I saw him on any board was seven. And he went all the way to four. Here's the thing with me for the Bulls. I think that if they really were this high on Patrick Williams, you know you can get him later in the draft. Bait somebody like the Knicks to trade up who clearly wanted Obi Toppin. They were really worried the Cavs were going to take him. Why wouldn't you try to do something like that? Get an extra pick or something if you really want Patrick Williams. I just, I don't understand this pick at all. Maybe it's the Bulls have some master plan and they know how good Patrick Williams is, but I don't see him being better than 
Okongwu, Hayes, Toppin, Abdia, Halliburton, any of those guys. I don't see him being better than. I mean, if it works out for them, great, because Williams, he didn't even start for Florida State. He was He's the sixth man of the year in the ACC. Yeah, so very interesting pick indeed. We assume he's going to play the three position because he already have Laurie Markin in there, and Williams is still extremely young, so it's going to take him some time to develop but yeah we'll see what happens there but very very yeah. off the board pick early and then number five the cavaliers also go off the board a little bit yeah <laughs> not terribly but i still don't like this pick for the Cavs with what was available yeah with what was available they took isaac okoro a three and d player very three and d like they it i is... think they just thought we have drummond we have Kevin Love, Love. Yeah. let's not go with a big guy. And then they have Colin Sexton and their uh, rookie they took last year. I'm forgetting his name. Garland. Darius Garland, yeah. And uh, so they were like, oh, we need a three. So let's just take a three. And for whatever reason, I just, I don't believe in that philosophy. I think you just take the best player on the board most of the time. But yeah, especially in this draft class yeah. where there's no clear, like, superstars. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I, I just, I don't get this pick. It's Cleveland. I don't. Cleveland makes questionable decisions all the time, so yeah, we'll I'll, see. I don't think he's a bad player. I just, again, think there's better players on the board that they could have taken. Absolutely. Like, Obi Toppin, I had him going number five to Cleveland. I think I, I had him going five to Cleveland as well. I think that would have been perfect yeah. for them. Like, my first three picks, my mock draft, perfect. Mm-hmm. After that, it was an absolute shit show. Yeah, I think no one was expecting a lot of this. Like, Except- I remember reading... Over and over, seeing people saying, well, these guys didn't think this guy would be here this late, but they're pretty excited about it. Yeah, so, no kidding. If a guy like Abdi has slept with me yeah. to the number 9 or 10, I would have... And Halliburton ex- down to 12, and like some of these guys just... Yeah, we'll get to them in a little bit. Yeah. With the Hawks, though, number 6, great pick. I had him going number 9 to the Wizards, mm-hmm. but I knew there was no way he was going to slip that far. Onika Okongwu, it fits very well. They do have Capella there, but... He, he'll be playing very good minutes there mm-hmm. off the bench. And who knows? Maybe he'll start. We'll see what happens with Capella because it's no guarantee that he's going to be there. He's got a very hefty deal right now, and I guarantee Atlanta's probably going to look yeah. to potentially trade Well, it'll that. be interesting because there's all the rumors that Rajon Rondo is going to Atlanta, which to have two guys like Capella and Okongwu to roll, or run in the pick and roll with a guy like Rajon Rondo could work really well. And I picked Okongwu to go to this team before I knew that Rondo was interested in going to the Hawks. I just thought it was a good fit already. But it could be an even better fit if they get a guy like Rondo in there. Rondo to the Hawks would be really to interesting. To be their sixth man, I think, could oh, be yeah, and he could mentor, he can mentor Trey Young and help yeah. him, Trey Young, be a better facilitator. And Trey Young's already a decent facilitator as it is, but bringing Rondo in to mentor and with the mind and IQ he has for the game, like... It's like I'm the second coach out, yeah. second coach on the court. It's incredible. The one thing we know about Rondo though is that man doesn't play until the playoffs start. So playoff Rondo. Playoff Rondo is real. Playoff Rondo. And so it, whether or not they make the playoffs remains to be seen. But Rondo really doesn't try at all in the regular season. He just waits till the playoffs and goes hard. Exactly, and he's he was a key member to the Lakers winning that championship. Yeah. Arguably the third best player. I mean, with the with the new play in tournament top 10 teams have a chance so true the hawks could easily be top 10 oh absolutely and then it doesn't matter it's like a one two game situation anything can happen 
And then with number seven, I had Pistons taken Killing Hayes. That's where he ended up going. Great pick by Detroit. At that point... I do think it's a good pick. They had they had quite a few options. They had a lot of talent they could have chosen from, but they chose... Yeah. Personally, a, I would have taken Tyrese Halliburton, but I'm not mad about them taking Killian Hayes. I think he's a great pick. Yeah, they needed anything at that point, and they have addressed some needs so far in free agency at the forward and uh, center position. We'll get to those later they're, on. Yeah, their new, uh, new GM, he's really moving stuff around he made a lot of trades in this draft he's trying to build his own team clearly mm-hmm. which i like to see i like to see that he's trying to make something happen although i think they're going to be the worst team in the eastern I, conference yeah, next i think year. they could be the worst team in the nba next year yeah. depending on healthy blake griffin they could win a few games Even, off of blake griffin but yeah. not enough to do anything really yeah exactly and i feel for Dwayne casey I from too. going coach of the year to going to that detroit team somehow making the playoffs his first year and then mm-hmm. Now it's just well, they apart. lost Drummond. They lost, like, yeah, it's it's hard to. It's a hard. I mean, it depends. I think that they're going full rebuild. Obviously, so oh, we'll yeah. see what happens with Blake Griffin. They might try to move him because I can't imagine Blake wants to stay on this rebuilding team. No, he's getting later not. into his career. No way, he's gonna want to win at this point. And then with the number eight pick, great pick by the Knicks. Even though a lot of people want them to take a point guard or shooting mm-hmm. guard, they take Obi Toppin who was by far the best player available at that point. He, like Payton mentioned before, 22 years old. He's the arguably the most NBA-ready player in the mm-hmm. draft. They do have quite a few forwards. They have a lot of forwards. I think he might play at the 5 for them. Maybe. He could be a stretch 5 if they run some kind of 5-out offense, but yeah, you can't play Julius Randle at the 5. He's not big enough. Yeah. So Top, I just... Toppin is athletic enough to yeah. play at the 5, but... He played at the five in college at times and played that stretch five role. And if that's what they're looking to do, I mean, the Knicks did drop uh, Bobby Portis probably because they picked up Obi Toppin. So for sure, we'll have for to sure. see what happens there. But I think it's a great pick. Again, I would have taken Tyrese Halliburton if I was the Knicks. They kind of need a point guard, but they did address that later in the draft. So I'm not too concerned with it. Yeah, um, I think Obi Toppin was a really good pick for them. Absolutely. And then number nine, another great pick. The Wizards take Denny Avdia. I think he slid a lot because both Peyton and I had him going number four, four. to Chicago. Yeah. I think he slipped a lot just because of the un, I guess the unknown. Like no one's really seen him mm-hmm. that much. Like there's not much film on him. I He's think it's still the same young. reason that a guy like Lucas slipped to three. When I, I was sitting there with Lucas saying he should go number one, and he ended up going three, just because I think there was some unknown to that European factor. Wasn't Luca number four in that draft? He was third. Fourth was Jaron Jackson. Fifth right, was Trey Young. Right. But yeah, Denny Avdia. Good pick by the Wizards. I think it's a great pick. I think that him playing with you know, guys like John Wall and Bradley Beal, it gives him a chance to... He can be a scorer coming off... Those guys being both decent playmakers. John Wall's an excellent playmaker. And it also takes a lot of pressure off him. He doesn't have to be the face of this franchise. There's guys there already. And he can just play his game. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Again, great pick. And I then, like him and Rui Hachimura at the 3 and 4. I think that would be really Hachimura. exciting. Drew Hachimura is going to be a very good player. And then the Phoenix Suns. What the <laughs> hell? What the damn hell? Phoenix is the worst drafting team in the NBA. They are. They're they, terrible. They do it every year. They do. Yeah, they're not a good drafting team. They go way off the board and take Jalen Smith. A f- we didn't even know who he was when he was picked. 
had to yeah. do my research. He's a forward from Maryland, and they they didn't really need a forward. Like they do have Sarich, but they have already they've already answered their point their point guard situation. We'll get to that later on. Mm-hmm. But to me, there's there's better players available in my opinion than Jalen Smith at this at this point. And like Hal Burton was there. Yeah. Vassal was there. You could have taken him. Even Kira Lewis, you could have taken him as a I backup. I think everybody that came after him in the rest of the lottery should have gone higher. Mm-hmm. It's I don't know. It was a weird pick to me. I, again, for the third pick in a row, I'm going to say probably should have taken Tyrese. Or I guess the Wizards, not so much, but the Pistons, the Knicks, the Suns. Like, those guys all could have taken Tyrese Halliburton. He just kept falling. This, like, to say they just got a point guard, yes, but... It was the perfect guy for Halburn to learn under for the probably two years that he's going to be in that system. So mm-hmm. it, I think that it would have been the perfect pick. And they just said, fuck it, let's do something crazy like they always do every single year in the draft. And yeah. it never works out for them. Yeah, Josh Jackson didn't work out too well for them. Yeah. I mean, good for they got one pick. Devin Booker, good for them. That was an excellent pick. <laughs> hey, DeAndre, that, DeAndre Ayton. Yeah, but he fell into their lap as the number one pick, and they missed out on Luka Doncic. <laughs> That's true. That is true. Anywho, go to the Spurs. We said they need shooting. They need a 3 and D guy. They mm-hmm. take Devin Vassell. No complaints there. Spurs no, are a solid drafting team. no complaints there. I, I was saying I thought they were either going to take Halliburton or um, Nismith at this point, but I, I'm not upset at all at that Devin Vassell pick. I think he's gonna fit perfectly into that Spurs system as a three and D guy. Pop loves his three and D guys. Oh yeah, he needs three point shooting at this point, and he gives that defense that mm-hmm. Popovich loves. And now that Demar has picked up his player option as well, you know that's the guy he can learn under at that two three kind of yeah. Who knows? Position. Who knows what's gonna happen with that? That could be a potential trade situation still. I don't but... know who's picking up that trade. True. Because contract wise but we'll have yeah, to see that's why he's getting his money yeah that's gonna be his last year he's getting big money so mm-hmm. props him for picking up that money because yeah. he deserves to get paid and then number 12 finally Tyrese Halliburton what a pick gets drafted by the Sacramento Canes who are already very stacked in the backcourt with Darren Fox who just signed a five-year max contract good for Darren getting yeah. his money they got Buddy Heald They've got, for now, Bogdanovich. We'll get to that yeah. mess later on. But unreal pick because Halliburton was supposed to be a top 10 pick at least. Yeah. Even arguably, you can argue top 5. And to get him... could have been top 5 easy. To get him at 12 is an absolute steal mm-hmm. at this point. I think, yeah, I think the Kings made the right choice here. There was no other way to go. Like, there's a... I, I just... I, I can't imagine what was going on in all these draft rooms that he fell that far. Maybe it was just some of these teams were already set on a player and didn't think he was going to drop there, so they just didn't bother. Mm-hmm. But I just I don't get it. And I think that he's perfect for Sacramento because he can play with De'Aaron Fox. Him and De'Aaron are both point guards that don't necessarily need the ball all the time. They can yeah. kind of switch off running that one. And Tyrese can play the one or the two. And when you had a guy like Buddy Heald who had a really down year last year, to take a little pressure off him. Maybe he goes to the bench or just gets less minutes so he doesn't have to press himself as much. Mm-hmm. It's just, I think it's a perfect pick for them. And I think that it's moving in the right direction for the Kings who haven't been to the playoffs in what, like 
14 years or something. Yeah, I think crazy it's been, number to right now. I think 2006 or yeah. something was the last year they made it. They yeah. keep getting close, but they can't seem to crack it. So There's one year to make it. It's now with that play-in tournament. Yeah. Anything can happen. And then I add Kira Lewis going number 10 to the Suns. He goes 13 to the Pelicans. That's a good pick by yeah. New Orleans. They need a little bit of depth at the in the backcourt. Mm-hmm. Good backup for Lonzo Ball. He He's very fast in that speed, the way the pace of that offense. They're already one of the fastest tempos in the league, and that yeah. he fits right away into that system. Yeah, they, uh, they're a little point guard heavy now. With the addition of George Hill, Eric Bledsoe, and Kara Lewis Jr. Yeah. So they got a lot of point guards on this team now. I'm not sure what their plans are with George Hill and Eric Bledsoe, obviously, but... I don't see George Hill hanging around there. Yeah, but I do like this pick. I debated putting him in here in my mock draft, but I just think Cole Anthony is a better player, and I do still think that. But I think that Kira Lewis Jr., or Kyra Lewis Jr., I think his name is, but... I, I think he fits in perfectly to their system. He's a high-paced player. He's so fast. He can run in the pick-and-roll, and he's a very good shooter for a player coming out at this point in the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of talent, a lot of yeah, potential. Yeah, I think he's got that, that kind of raw potential, and he's just the speed alone He just to fit in with Zion. And you know Lonzo already runs that transition game, so yep. to have the same type of player coming in off the bench, it, it can keep that offense doing exactly what they're doing. So Absolutely. I think it's a good pick for them. For sure, for sure. And then wrapping up the lottery, Baden and I thought Boston, or I guess Payton thought they were going to take, I think it was RJ Hampton. Yeah. I thought they are going to go big and go Precious Achua, who was still available at that <clears throat> point, but they, they go with Aaron Naismith. A mm-hmm. Very excellent three point shooter. Best not shooter in the draft. <laughs> not mad at that pick because of no. the of the talent that Naismith has and the shooting ability he has. But I think Boston's got a bit of a plan right now for a sign and trade potentially for a big man because they just traded Ennis Cantor today and all they have all they have really is Daniel Tice and mm-hmm. Ro- and Robert Williams. So yeah, I think they're going to address that. Very, very soon. Yeah, I think uh, they clearly in the first round wanted to address shooting. They picked up Aaron Smith, best shooter in the draft, and then later they picked up Peyton Pritchard, who is an absolute lights-out point guard who can, you know, I, I don't know necessarily how great he'll be as a backup point guard, but, you know, with Brad Wanamaker probably being on the way out, you slot him in as a backup point guard, I think Brad Stevens can make it work for sure, and he can shoot. That's flat-out he can shoot. So yeah. Boston loves their three-point shooters on that team and they picked up two of arguably the two best shooters in the draft but if not two of the best shooters in the draft absolutely not mad i'm not mad at what boston's doing at all no so that wraps up the lottery we'll just go over a couple picks from later on that we saw some people fall we thought were some good picks right after naismith got drafted cole anthony gets drafted to the orlando magic perfect pick so cole anthony learning under dj augustine what it's like to grind it out in this league because dj is a grinder he's been on multiple teams finally mm-hmm. seems to have found a home in orlando you got markel fultz there as well yeah yeah still not sold on fultz he's yeah very up and down but i think cole anthony is i think cole anthony's better than fultz i think he's better than augustine but i think that augustine is just that guy he can learn under yeah i Aug- think that cole anthony had a down year and he got hurt and i think he's a very solid nba prospect for sure i will Really like that pick for Orlando. Greg Anthony. Proud father. Very, Greg Anthony. Very proud G-A. father. GA. And 
Another guy that slid a bit was Sadiq Bey. We I had him going number thirteen mm-hmm. to the Pelicans because I thought his shooting would fit well with it. Yeah, with them. He was another guy I thought maybe the Spurs could take a three and D style guy. Mm-hmm. Ends up ends up being drafted by the Nets, but traded to the Detroit Pistons. <laughs> traded to the Clippers and Pistons, kind of. <laughs> yeah, got traded, got drafted by the Nets, dealt to the Clippers, and then traded back to. The yeah, Pistons. The, uh, the Pistons traded up twice to get two more picks in that top 20, so they're clearly full rebuild mode oh, here. Oh, for sure. They're going to be the worst team next year, probably. Thunder mm-hmm. made a bunch of moves on draft night. They traded up to get uh, Alexei Pukashevsky at 17. I'm not yeah. mad at that pick either. Youngest player in the draft, so well, a lot of work to do. But. Yeah. I mean, not gonna. I'm not going to question Sam Presti considering no. his draft history, so... Uh, the next pick I can think of is R.J. Hampton going to the Nuggets. Felt very, very Michael Porter Jr. to me. He fell very far, and then the Nuggets said, hey, we'll take him. We'll make it work. So I think he could fit really well as the backup point guard to Jamal Murray. So yeah, I found it funny that when they had the cameras on Hampton and he was getting handed the Bucks. The Bucks hat. Then his little brother, was his little brother, just tossed the hat on yeah. on camera because they knew that he was getting traded. Mm-hmm. We all thought it was going to be the Pelicans, and then he ends up going to Denver. Not mad at that pick whatsoever. Not at all mad at that pick. Don't think there is any really other surprises. We talked about Trey Jones last time. He went forty first to the Spurs. Of which, course, the Spurs are going to make him into a great player I yeah, think they're going to make him very very good and then the only other one I can really see is Cassius Winston I really liked him in yeah. Michigan State he got drafted by OKC but traded to the Wizards and then right after Cassius Stanley from Duke goes yeah, definitely a couple guys who fell goes to the Pacers but really that's about it the one other one I guess Nico Mannion to the Warriors I think that he's a good player that dropped a little bit and him going to play under Steph Curry he could learn really well for sure he's, he's still a, very young he's 19, yeah he's 19, very young that's a mixtape superstar right there oh Nico yeah Nico Mannion Nico Mannion yeah and that wraps up our NBA draft talk we are going to now get into all the big trades we won't talk about everything because there's some there's a lot of small trades we'll get into some of the Major trades that have gone down. There's been mm-hmm. multiple players that have been traded twice already, which is <laughs> yeah. just hilarious. But I guess let's start with who else? Oklahoma City, number one picks themselves. Mm-hmm. All these first round picks, and they get they trade Dennis Schroeder to the Lakers for Danny Green and this year's first for this year's first round yeah, pick. Yeah, and that got vaulted over to Minnesota. Danny Green got vaulted over to Philly. So. Yeah. Good, I mean, but good. the Lakers getting Schroeder, as it, someone who is not a Lakers fan and a Thunder fan, I'm very upset that Schroeder's going to the Lakers because he is an excellent basketball player. Clearly. And very, very underrated. And I think a lot of people don't understand, because he was in OKC this year, how good he was. And I think he should have been sixth man of the year. But they gave it to Harrell because the Clippers are in the spotlight. People know more about Harrell. They know more about Lou Williams. But Dennis Schroeder should have been sixth man of the year. He's an excellent player. And I think that the Lakers got an excellent player. That's just what it is. They got a great backup or starting point guard. He can do either one. And I'm upset about it. But I think that the Thunder know where they're going at this point. I'm not upset about that trade after everything that's gone down. I think 
after Billy Donovan was gone, we I think we all kind of knew that they're about to blow it up. Yeah. And then that leads us into speaking of blowing it up, blowing it up. Chris Paul getting traded to Don't forget about Abdel Nader. Fuck Abdel Nader, man. <laughs> Chris Paul goes to the Suns along with Abdel Nader for Kelly Oubre Jr., Ricky Rubio, who both got dealt later on. We'll talk about yeah. that. Don't know Jalen Jerome and Jalen McHugh. Don't care. And then a 2022 first round pick because mm-hmm. Sam Presti loves his first round picks. He sure does. Paul's going to fit pretty good into that Phoenix Sun system. That pick and roll offense with Aiton or even Sarge is going to be very deadly. Yeah, I think that Chris Paul fits perfectly into that offense because it gives Devin Booker a chance to be more off ball. And it gives DeAndre Ayton a chance to be a dominant pick-and-roll player. Mm -hmm. And I think he just slots in. He's clearly been great with young talent, so... Yeah, he's... I think they made the perfect pick. And I think, you know, Sam Presti has a history of getting guys to the teams that they want to go to and still finding a way to get way more than he probably should have, which he did again here. Yeah, they they made massive strides in the bubble going undefeated, and now they're really trying to make another move I well, could I with all the reports that Devin Booker is not happy he's done losing we all know Devin Booker doesn't care about anything other than winning basketball games so he, he's getting fed up with losing and I think that you know Chris Paul is a winner it's just that simple so yep I, I think this is a pretty easy playoff team at this point with Chris Paul so at least a seven seed yeah at least a seven seed and then another small a small trade. Robert Covington gets traded to the Portland Trailblazers for Trevor Ariza mm-hmm. and a couple first-round picks. Basically, it was just a salary. It just felt like a salary dump for... Yeah. Well, then Houston dumped both of those to the Pistons. So Yeah. Just felt like a salary dump both ways, but Covington's still yeah. a very... I, I think Very it was yeah. Player. I think it was a salary dump for the Rockets, and then Portland wanted a bit of an upgrade with a guy like Covington, who's obviously better than Trevor Ariza. So yep, that, I think that that was a good trade for Portland. I think that it was a good trade for Houston, and I, I think Houston dumping those and getting a future first round pick. That's another. They're in cap hell. So. Considering they don't really have many picks because yeah. of the the Westbrook trade. Yeah. So and then Maury's not there anymore. So now they gotta pick up the loose pieces and try and put them back together a little bit and try and set up for what's going to be a wild wild season in Houston. Yeah. And then a massive Woj bomb. Milwaukee <laughs> gets Drew Holiday. Trades and, uh, everything that they have for Drew Holiday. <laughs> five first round picks. Yeah. Two, three picks, and I think two of them are swaps. Two of them are swaps. Two or three of them are completely unprotected. One was from this past year. Yeah. And then Eric Bledsoe and George Hill go to New Orleans. Along with, I think, the 60th pick this year. What, went the, to Milwaukee, what so. this trade told me is that they think Giannis is going to resign with the Super yeah. I I don't think they would have done this if they didn't have some sort of verbal agreement with Giannis that he was staying. So it, it's looking like he's going to be sticking around especially well i mean i know they tried to trade for bogdanovich that kind of fell through but it looked like they were trading for another piece in bogdanovich which i think really could have put them over the edge i think that drew holiday barring injury is an all-star level player and eric bledsoe has been hot ass for a few years now 
playoff play. Especially so. in the playoffs. He's not good in the regular season. He's even worse in the playoffs. His, his, big, his best memory in the playoffs was when Terry Rozier called him Drew Bledsoe. <laughs> yeah, the, I think that's a good a good move for the Bucks. I mean, as long as they keep Giannis, because if they have Giannis, they don't need picks anyways. So mm-hmm. might as well try to get a guy like Drew Holiday. Yeah, he he's a he's gonna fit into that system. Plays he's hard defense. Well. He's underrated. Great playmaker. He's super underrated. Yeah, if you ask any NBA player, like who's one of the most underrated defenders in the league, everyone's gonna say Drew Holiday. And I've yeah. always loved Drew Holiday since his days in Philadelphia. Yeah. And then. Philadelphia. And then speaking of Philadelphia, yeah. <laughs> I don't like this trade for either team. To be honest with I with you, love this I know you love this trade. Al Horford goes OKC and a, another first round pick for Danny Green and Terrence Ferguson. TF2K. Terrence Ferguson, terrible. I don't mind getting rid of him. And Danny Green, I, I again, I know the Philly probably wants just shooters to put around Ben Simmons at this point. Somebody they want to find that guy to recreate that JJ Redick that they used to have, but I don't know how that's gonna go. Um, I do really like the trade for the Thunder. I think that this was probably Sam Presti going. We just dumped Chris Paul's contract. Why don't we go out to Philly and say we'll take that terrible contract off you if you throw us a couple first round picks? Because again, we know Sam Presti and his first round picks. So yep. I think he he purposely took that Horford contract to try to get even more picks and I think that I I don't know necessarily where Horford will fit if they'll run him at the four at the five off the bench or I think he'd start at the four if Adams is sticking around and then Gallo maybe moves to the three I think Gallo's a free agent anyways is he a free agent I thought he had one more year I don't think Gallo's coming back anyways I think he's a free agent yeah either way I mean I think Horford either gets moved again or becomes just kind of a mentor to the younger players yeah. on the team because he's a little bit washed up. He's got a, he's on a tough contract right now. He's got three more years left yeah. with like thirty five plus million a year. And then OKC gets another first round pick. I guess they swap first round picks with Minnesota yeah. and get and they get rid of Ricky Rubio going back to the Timberwolves. Yeah, I think that was again they just didn't want Rubio's contract and yeah. they saw a way to move up to get a guy that I guess they must be high on Pukashevsky to have moved that much. Yeah. Um, so I'm interested to see. I, I, I'm always interested in international players. It's hard to tell whether you're going to get a Luka Doncic and a Giannis or somebody like a Jan Vesely or a Andrea Bargnani. So, Andrea Bargnani. pasta and sauce himself. Wow. Um, Never forget the day I thought he was a good player, and then yeah. he was. Uh, don't the the me. internationals. You know that's that's the risk you're taking. You could get a Doncic, or you could get a. Like a Jan Vesely, like the Wizards took him with the third pick. I don't think he played more. Or than Darko Milicic. Darko, that is the big one. Yeah, Darko went before what Wade, Bosch, and Carmelo. Yep, he went yeah. number two after LeBron. Good pick Detroit. That was a that was a good one. Hey, they won a title. He won a title. Darko and his frosted tips. Won a title there. Mm-hmm. Good for him. And then a very interesting trade between Philly and Dallas. They it's basically a one for one. Yeah. With a second round pick, it's. Seth Curry goes to Philly for Josh Richardson. Two yeah. guy Richardson was kind of on a bloated deal. I mean, Curry's kind of on a bit of a bloated deal for. I think his... that it's exactly what both teams need. Philly needs shooters. Mavericks need defense. Richards is locked. Richardson is lockdown defender. Seth Curry's a lights out shooter, 
and then the Mavericks also get a pick out of it, which I think it was like an early second round pick, nothing too crazy, but gets hand out with his father in law in in Doc Rivers. <laughs> any really other big trade? I don't think there's any other Oh yeah, here we go. Kelly Oubre Jr., yeah. another OKC first round <laughs> pick. for the Thunder. But the only reason Golden State made this trade was because Clay Thompson tore his Achilles and they needed to a shooting guard. Yeah, they just need to fill that player. fill that void that yeah. wouldn't be there. I think OKC OKC was gonna trade him anyways regardless. Mm-hmm. So I would have liked to see him on the squad get the sexiest player in the NBA. <laughs> Don't tell Dwight Howard that. <laughs> Uh, or hey, and that basically recaps all the trades or the big trades that have gone down so far. At least we are mm-hmm. currently in negotiation period for free agency. There's been a couple signings already. Goran Dragic has resigned with the Miami Heat yeah. for two years, almost forty million dollars. I like that deal yeah. a lot for them. Um, Wesley Matthews went on a cheap one year to the Lakers. He's probably ring chasing at this point. Danny Green two point Yeah. Um, Darren Fox, we mentioned, signed this max deal. Good for him. That's huge for him. Uh, Jordan Clarkson resigns in Utah. They need him off the bench. Yeah, Fifty-two he was, million dollars. He was excellent in the bubble. Every time I watched Utah, he like he jumped off the screen to me. He was playing so well. So yep. it was interesting to to see. And I'm thinking, I think that's a really good pickup. Whether he's that six man guy for the more he comes yeah. and starts. And there's been a couple more signings here. So Gallinari was a free agent. Interesting. He signs a three-year, $61.5 million deal with the Atlanta Hawks. What do you think? I, I, think, don't, it, I uh. think that means Atlanta thinks that they can compete because they're not going to sign a guy like Gallinari. Long unless, term. Yeah, unless they think that they're ready to start trying to compete. So mm-hmm. I think that you know if they do get a Rondo now as well, I think that that's, especially in the East, that's a playoff team. Yeah, and... Only a couple other deals that have gone down so far. Derek Favors back in Utah, three years, $30 million. That's a pretty good deal for yeah. Utah and for Favors, I think. Yeah, two good signings, get two depth players. Mm-hmm. And then here's the funny one. Dwight Howard, there was an announcement that he resigned with the Lakers, tweeted about it, then it was deleted like a minute later. Shams tells us, still considering his options. He signs a one-year deal with Doc Rivers and the Philadelphia 76ers to back up to back up Joel Embiid. I wonder what happened with the Lakers to make that happen. Yeah, I'm not sure. Something had to have fallen apart there. And then here's another Woj bomb right now. Rodney Hood re-signs the Portland Trailblazers on a two-year, $21 million contract. Okay, yeah, because he declined, I think, a $6 million deal or something like that. Probably just wanted a little extra money, a little yeah. extra security. Mm-hmm. That's a good pickup for Portland. Good player off off the bench. Had some inj- I think he got injured at the end of the year this year, didn't he? So hopefully yeah, he, he did. I think he tore his Achilles, yeah. pretty sure. Like that's he must be on the right track to you know be their opening day if they're giving him a deal like that or at least hopefully. close to opening day. Hopefully they they definitely could have used him in the bubble considering mm-hmm. all the injuries they. True. They, they Gary had. Trent came out and played really well for them with all those injuries. Absolutely, absolutely. Well then, should we get into some NFL talk here? Yeah. We actually got through the NBA stuff a lot faster than I thought we were going to, so we will keep you guys talk up. about some NFL. Yeah. Then we'll keep you guys updated throughout the uh, podcast if there's yeah, any more woes bombs or shams bombs come out. 
That's so funny with the Dwight Howard one. Man. That's LeBron. an interesting pickup for Philly. I don't know how he necessarily fits into that system, but yeah. we'll see how it goes. LeBron's probably not Doc too Rivers happy. likes big names, so. I won't be shocked if DeMarcus Cousins ends up somewhere on an L.A. team, mm-hmm. one or the other. I would not be shocked I wouldn't whatsoever. be shocked either. I'm hoping Montrez Harrell, as a diehard Raptors fan, decides to go up to the north because <laughs> we're losing Ibaka. I don't think he's going to be back. That would be a good replacement for him right away. Yeah, like, very similar player. Mm-hmm. Got not quite the shooter, but no, Baca was lights out in, yeah. the, in the bubble. He yeah, unreal. But yeah, let's go to the NFL. Where it was another weird week. I guess Indeed. we'll start with the Colts and Titans, and it was literally a tale of two halves again. Yeah, River, we got the rivers that sh- we got the rivers yeah, that both, both sides of that rivers coin. Yeah, they flipped it. They got the good rivers, and they. Got a dominant second half victory over the Titans, thirty-four to seventeen. Naheem Hines, I benched him uh, for my fantasy team, but thank the Lord the Baltimore Ravens defense did not show up against New England, and I won by point six <laughs> points. That's a clutch victory. I had Jimmy Graham on the last day. He got me zero points, so mm-hmm. thank God Baltimore <laughs> just shit the bed against the Patriots, where I would have been absolutely pissed off. Baltimore did shit the bed. That but is... yeah, Tennessee, the one I took thing I took from this game is that their special teams fucking sucks. They are bad. The Kostelski yeah. missing field goals. They're they're on their third punter already this year and he was shanking punts. He was getting punts blocked. Mm-hmm. That's that's definitely an issue considering their offense is what it is and then their yeah. defense is so up and down and you can't have your special teams playing like that at yeah. any point, or you're never going to win football yeah, games. Yeah, you know, people shit on special teams a lot, but if your special teams isn't good, that can cost you games. It cost them this game. It cost mm-hmm. them field position. It cost them two touchdowns. So it did. Titans are now in a second place in the AFC South, virtue of a tie with the Colts, and they're going into a tough I believe they're, yeah, they're not even in a playoff spot at the moment, no, I don't think. there's like a five-way tie for, I think, fourth or fifth in the AFC right now and they get to play the Ravens which is a massive matchup and you know the Ravens are going to be pissed off so who knows what's going to (laughs) happen yeah who knows at this point um Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense showed up they showed up and they were pissed off Ronald Jones 98 yard touchdown run I mean Carolina did everything they could with what they have mm-hmm. Teddy Two Gloves unfortunately got injured yeah. C-Mac was out yeah. again like yeah we got the old injury bug going this year yeah Cle- or not Cleveland uh, Tampa Bay they just steamrolled Carolina did what they had to do yeah it stayed close for the first bit and then second half it just kind of yeah just, just kind of fell apart just too much <laughs> talent on that offense yeah side I don't take much from this game, honestly. Tampa just, they did what they had to do. Their offense looked good. But now they go into a very tough Monday night football matchup with the L.A. Rams, who I think are going to beat the Buccaneers, in my honest opinion, because I think their defense is, not, it's not elite, but it's very close when you have yeah. the top defensive lineman in the NFL and then you have a top two cornerback in the NFL who... Yeah clamped up Metcalf and we'll get to him a little later any other games you have 
that you wanted to maybe mention or um Miami winning again I mean two being undefeated and then coming out and saying that it's been easy I like that <laughs> it's, it's easy when your defense is yeah and special teams are really helping but Miami's know. been really good they've won five in a row I think so yeah they're that's they're a team to, to look out for um, I think they have another winnable game this week. I think it's Denver on their schedule, yeah. so they could easily get win number six, and they're right in that picture, I think, at six and three with a playoff spot in mind. Maybe the division. Yeah. Who, who knows what's going to happen, which perfect segue into the game of the year. Bills, Cardinals, DeAndre Hopkins, yeah. best wide receiver in the NFL. What the hell was that catch? He mossed. Not one, not two, but three defenders. Yep, and he was traded for a half-eaten Happy Meal. A bloated running back contract and... A second-round pick. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, Bill O'Brien. This game had everything. It had a reception touchdown by Josh Allen. Yep. The Cardinals were down 14 points. Kyler Murray took over did it himself we'll get um, I want to talk about the Seahawks game last night when they won I'll get to that later but this was the game of the year big win for the Cardinals Buffalo it was a disappointing loss I thought they deserved to win that game they were ahead for the majority of the game they took the lead with 30 seconds left and then to watch Hopkins just the Hale Murray jump over Three defenders and come down with it. Shout out to I mean, the. It was just like. Shout out Jordan Brand. It felt very like Eli Manning throwing to David Tyree, where like the quarterback just gets out of the pocket and then just chucks it up, and the receiver makes a ridiculous catch. I know it was that played and end the game, obviously, but it just didn't that catch happen in Arizona too. It might have. There's been some <laughs> crazy fucking plays in Arizona. Malcolm but, Butler interception, Jermaine yeah. Curse catch. David Tyree, the Aaron Rodgers two Hail Mary throws <laughs> in the one drive. Yeah. Like, I, uh, there's been some that, crazy yeah, that shit there. Yeah, that was crazy there. to watch. I still can't believe that happened. Oh my God. Shout out to Luke wanting to tell everybody that the Cardinals are the best team in the league. <laughs> and then they go and kind of lay an egg on Thursday night yeah. football. Disappointing loss for sure because they had so much momentum in Seattle. It was Still pretty banged up, and they're struggling, so tough loss. Hopefully they bounce back next week. They do have New England coming up, which is never mm-hmm. an easy game. But no. It was nice to see Carlos Dunlap make a clutch play at the end there. You know, they traded True. for him, and he made a huge sack at the end there on Kyler to clinch the game. So For sure, for sure. Nice to see Seattle's defense come up big for once, unlike yeah. every other game where it's Russell Wilson. I mean... Perfect segue into the Seahawks game when they played the Rams. They lost 23-13. to Wilson just didn't look like himself that game. Two interceptions. Matt Cap was totally clamped up by Jalen Ramsey. He took the one-on-one challenge, and Wilson would not would not yeah. challenge that. He was... That was the... Uh, I, You know, Matt Cap oftentimes is against smaller corners, and... Ramsey's a big dude, mm-hmm. and I think that it threw Metcalf off a little bit, having such a physical corner on him. So yeah. it was uh, it was interesting to see, but he got completely clamped. Yeah, Metcalf is still a young wide receiver, and he's a bit of a emotional 
player as we saw last night. Yeah, he also so. needs to figure out his dropping issue because he had that one ball hit him right in the hands and just straight through. So yeah, he has a bit of an issue with dropping balls, but other than that, he's dominant. That was a big win for the Rams too because they got into a virtual three-way tie at that point. Mm-hmm. They're looking to... I think the NFC playoffs are basically locked at this point minus the... If the NFC East, who mm-hmm. fucking knows what happens there? That's an absolute shit show. I won't even talk about the Eagles Giants game. Yeah, that was it's a starting joke. to starting to look like the Giants might come out of that division. They're Honestly, looking really good. Who knows if the Cowboys win this week against the Vikings, who are red hot yeah. right now? Who knows? The because... Giants feel very last year's Miami Dolphins. You know, mm-hmm. where the first few weeks, there you can tell the team's not super talented. But the coach is building that culture, and then they start to figure it out. They start to get rolling, and Miami ended up winning, what, five of their last, or seven of their last ten games or something like that last yeah, year? Yeah, they did. They did. Um, a bit of a small sign here, an RFA, Malik Beasley, signs a four-year, $60 million deal with the Timberwolves, which feels like a lot of money. Cause that is a lot of money. 15 mil a year? For, yeah, Malik Beasley. Oh, this tweet has been deleted, apparently. So oh, looks like maybe that's not a thing, then. Yeah, maybe it isn't a thing anymore. Maybe it's another Dwight Howard situation. Yeah. Who knows? The only other game I wanted to talk about from this past week was the Ravens-Patriots in that monsoon of a football game. Yeah, that was shout a out J- shit show. Shout out Jacoby Myers looking like a young, the best pass in that game. <laughs> looking like a young Julian Edelman out there throwing to Amendola yeah. in the playoffs. Good that was win. Literally the best throw in that entire game. That was good. Win. <laughs> good win for New England. Even Great though win for New England, terrible loss for Baltimore. Even though the decisions were brutal, like no one can even get a snap back to the quarterback yeah. quarterback properly without it going twelve yards past them. It was just. It's just another, for me, it's just another strange game and what's been a strange year where every time I think I know what is going on with the team, if I think they're bad, they come out and they win. Or if I think they're looking really good, they come out and lose. And it's just been a hard year to get a real read on everybody. Yeah, it's like, almost Thanksgiving. For Baltimore to have come out and looked so good against uh, against Indianapolis and win that game. And then next week they turn over and they lose to the Patriots. Yeah. I know there's conditions that played a part in that game, but it's just... Their defense was extremely worrisome, especially that running defense, because all New England does is run the ball, so you'd think that they key on that, especially with the conditions, but to be fair, they are pretty banged up on that defensive line. Calais Campbell did not play, who's arguably their best run stopper, and they just couldn't stop Damian Harris or Cam Newton in the red zone. Mm-hmm. Like, they turned the ball over a couple times too. That Lamar interception at the end of the first half was a killer because yeah. Tucker's going to hit that field goal in any condition mm-hmm. possible. So the only thing they couldn't do was get a turnover. I understand the throw. I understand what they were trying to do. Just take a shot, see what happens. But if you miss, if you miss that throw, you got to overthrow it or throw it to the sideline. So tough loss for Baltimore. I do think they are out of the playoffs with this virtual tiebreaker and that basically recaps week 10 week uh 10 and should probably we could probably preview a couple yeah there's a lot of some games for week 11 here there's a couple okay matchups like nothing over the, over the top 
Uh, we talked about Tennessee, Baltimore. That's two six and three teams right now. They both need that win desperately. Absolutely, it's gonna be that could be a really good game because yeah. they're both gonna play yeah. hard ba- to get that one. Baltimore is currently sixth in the AFC with these tiebreakers in. Tennessee, I believe, is out of play. Or seventh, excuse me. Baltimore is, and then Tennessee is ninth. So big yeah, that's game. Tough. Both of those teams need that win desperately. Big game. Baltimore's favored by six points at home. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I think I would, money line wise, I think I would take Tennessee, but who knows? I don't bet much <laughs> for that reason because I'm not confident in my bets. But yeah. if I were a better man, I would take Tennessee in this game. But big game for both teams, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? KC Vegas Sunday Nighter. I think KC is gonna smash them. I think they're gonna take them and remember you know that's that one loss they're gonna say okay we came out a little bit flat against you guys but this is what we really can do and they're probably gonna win by a lot pretty sure vegas had like 10 guys or something go on the covid list this this week i don't think this game is gonna be close i think that casey i still believe that casey every week they get farther ahead into first place for me in my eyes i just yeah they are the best team in football i i understand that pittsburgh's undefeated but every week it looks like they're gonna lose and then they win. So, yeah, minus last week. Minus but, last week. But yeah, Chiefs can beat you in so many different ways. Like they can run the ball, they can throw it 50, 40 plus times and get four touchdowns. They can beat you in special teams because they're so explosive in every single position possible. Well, the one stat that's absurd to me is that Patrick Mahomes is throwing less than the league average. They're just saving him. They they don't know they don't even need him to win every game. So he throws about thirty times a game. The league average is about thirty five. They yeah. just they're just going about their days, just getting through the football games until they get to the playoffs and inevitably win a Super Bowl. I can't see anybody else beating them at this point. No. So Kelsey's been absolutely unbelievable this year. He's leading all the tight ends and. All the statistics. And now they have Edwards Alaire and Le'Veon Bell in the backfield. Their offensive line is solid. Their defense, just like last year, seems to be getting better every week. Yeah. So it's just they're the only consistent team in the NFL this year. They had one blip on the radar where they lost to the Raiders. They're gonna right the ship this week, and everyone's gonna forget about that loss anyways. Everybody has forgotten about that loss. Even if mm-hmm. the only way that, you know, something goes wrong this week and they lose to the Raiders, maybe People start looking at them a little differently if they can't beat the Raiders, but all these games now get so big for those teams in the wild card because Vegas is also six and three. They are fifth with that virtual tiebreaker, mm-hmm. and well, who is it? Baltimore, Tennessee, Vegas, Miami, and Cleveland, and Cleveland, and Miami is also also in the playoffs with the virtual mm-hmm. tie right now. And Miami's so, the hottest team in football right now. If I had to predict the teams that will make it at the end. Baltimore, Tennessee, and then it's kind of a toss-up between Cleveland, Vegas, and Miami. I I want to give the edge to Vegas. My gut wants me to say Miami. Mm-hmm. If there's one team I had to get out of there, it's Cleveland. Because I just don't trust Baker at this point. But I think, I think Miami and Vegas are both so well coached. I, I wouldn't be shocked to see Tennessee not make it. Which is crazy because they were five and zero. They've gone one and three since. They just seem to be falling apart. Their defense seems to be falling apart. 
Mm-hmm. So it's hard to it's hard to say. You know, Miami is so red hot right now, and that Raiders offense is just clicking. So who knows? There's still a lot of football left to be played, but yeah, I do think the NFC though, on another topic is, is basically set for the playoffs minus the NFC East. Like Green Bay is first with a virtual tiebreaker. You got the Saints, Seahawks, Eagles. Buccaneers, Rams, and Cardinals, and now the Bears lose Nick Foles. Mm-hmm. Trubisky, we don't know about his shoulders, so now they're going to be playing a third-string quarterback. Mm-hmm. Already with that crappy offense, so they're just going to keep they going down. They won't make the playoffs. They're going to fall out. The only team I can see making it, really, right now, at this point, minus the NFC East, is the Vikings. With the way they've been playing, they have yeah, doubts. If Cook keeps playing this well, because the way you know Cook, if he keeps running like this, it opens up the field for Kirk Cousins, which he needs. And they have Thielen and Jefferson, who have been a dynamic duo these past few weeks. So, you know, they, they still have that opportunity. They're not a bad team. They just had a really bad start. They do have a very favorable favorable schedule these next few weeks. They got mm-hmm. the Cowboys this week. Got the Panthers next week. Then they have the Jaguars. Then the Buccaneers. The Bears, the Saints, and the Lions. So, there's real, a lot of wins on that. There's at least five wins potentially, which gets them to ten wins with or nine wins, and usually nine or ten yeah. will sneak you into the playoffs. With that seven seed being a thing this year, a nine and seven team is not far fetched to see make the playoffs at all. Absolutely. And then the only other game I can see this week being being, I guess. Talkworthy is the Rams and the Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. I've said it already alright. I'm thinking the Rams are winning this based on their defense. Put Ramsey on probably Mike, Mike Evans. Evans. Seems I, like Brady doesn't throw to Mike Evans anyways. Until the red zone. Yeah. With those fade routes. That's why he's got so many touchdowns. But it'll, it, honestly, I think it depends on both defenses. Because both defenses have high-end potential. But at the end of the day, I think the Rams have been the more consistent team, I guess. Because Tampa, mm-hmm. Tampa Bay, you, you have that shit show with both New Orleans games. Then they'll come out the next week and look phenomenal. Then they'll have a down game against the Bears. And yeah. Where the Rams, they're a pretty consistent team. They did have that one stinker where they came back against the Bills, Bills but then they lost. But really, besides that, yeah. they've... Had a solid season for what they have right now. Yeah, that's it's that's one of those games that I think it really just depends on which Tampa Bay shows up because we pretty much know what we're gonna get from the Rams. But if mm-hmm. Tampa shows up and does what they did against the Saints and just try to throw deep, they're gonna lose. If they come out and do what we know they're capable of, which is run the ball with Rojo and with Leonard Fournette and just work off of that and let Brady open up the field to all those weapons that they have, they could easily beat the Rams. But it really just, yeah, it just depends on what they, they game plan, I guess. I think McVeigh is always going to be ready with a good game plan, so we'll have to see what happens. Absolutely. And then, I guess for the last part of our podcast today, there was one game yesterday, the Seahawks, big win against the Cardinals, 28-21. to The only thing I wanted to say about this game, Kyler Murray is turning into Russell Wilson, <laughs> but it may not be the Russell Wilson that that I want to see they're relying way too much on Kyler Murray to do everything Mm -hmm. and when that happens defenses will start to 
figure it out. Mm-hmm. I think defenses are. I think Seattle kind of figured it out in that game. What the Cardinals were trying to do, yeah. And for a defense that's been struggling all year, this is a mass. This is a massive step forward for them against the division rival. Gets the team coming off a big, big win, and then you're coming off a very bad divisional loss. Is a great bounce back win for the Seahawks. It was an excellent win for the Seahawks. Their defense. As much as that defense can show up, it showed up, which is good to see against what's been an explosive offense for most of the year in Arizona. And I do think that the Cardinals are... I still think the Cardinals are a good team, but I do think they're relying on Kyler Murray a little too much. They do have good backs with Kenyon Drake, with Edmonds. You know, they they don't have to throw the ball constantly. But it seems like, you know, they're... Every time I'm watching a Cardinals game, it's just Kyler Murray throwing the ball D-hop on every single play. They seem to be very stuck on that, which I understand. Kyler Murray is an excellent quarterback. Hopkins is arguably the best receiver in football. So I get that you want to throw to him every time. And I get that you want to use Kyler's feet as much as you can. Get him out of the pocket. Get him throwing the ball. But you can't do that on every single play. People are going to start seeing it they're gonna double hopkins they're not gonna play the run at all and you're not gonna be able to do anything if you can't understand that you're playing a team game it it's gonna start feeling very russell wilson very aaron Rodgers, where it's just they're trying to make a one player the entire team and it never works no it never works unless you're an absolute elite elite talent mm-hmm. the only person i can see making that happen is patrick mahomes but but they clearly are game planning around that absolutely. they don't want to overwork him which is they don't need to he's oh. still patrick mahomes he's still the best player in football other than i i still think i'd take russell wilson but patrick mahomes is in the perfect position with the chiefs he just that kid got dropped into football heaven yep and he's gonna go down as one of the greatest of all time. We don't have to like really even talk about it. We don't have to wait ten years to understand that. So no, he was yeah. he's he's I think he's a reincarnation of Aaron Rodgers, but way way better than Aaron Rodgers. He's way higher potential, and he's gonna be unreal. But yeah, big win for. The Seahawks on Thursday night football, they go to Philadelphia next Monday yeah. night. It should re- be a win for Seattle. Rematch of the divisional round last, yeah. no, wild card round last year. Yeah. Excuse me. Should be a Seattle win, but who knows? This league is week by week. Anything can happen. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that's going to do it for this week's podcast. Next week, we'll discuss more about. The free agent signings as they are happening at this moment. Mm-hmm. They'll be a pretty busy week or so. And then there's going to be training camp starting up pretty quick. So we'll probably start talking about each team, kind of previewing the expectations for each team, even doing some predictions for their record this season and what we think is going to happen in each conference. And then obviously we'll talk about the NFL and recap the week that was. But yeah, anything you want to add before we head out of here? No, I think you pretty much covered it all. 
Perfect. All right. So thank you very much again for listening. We appreciate you guys. Till next week. Bye.